Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. All right, today's a big old Sunday, and today's the last day of the Elite Eight in the March Madness Tournament. We just had two teams claim their spot in the Final Four, and... We called them both, right? Yes, sir, Villanova. We took them plus three, but they didn't need all that extra help. They went out right. And then we just took Duke on the money line. We didn't want to play around with the minus four or anything like that. So we just took them on the money line. They did cover the four, so congratulations to that. Coach K getting into the final four. And who plays today? UNC, North Carolina is going to be scripted. They got St. Peter's. Oh, my goodness. What do we do? What's the points looking like, folks? I'm not going to lie. I'd like to try to save everything you know for the live show and all that live reaction live takes all that for the show but I did take a little bit of a peek I took a little of a peekaroo on St. Peter's today and folks we're getting points 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 so I think we know where we're going with that one today right so today on the show look maybe a little bit of a shorter show today uh, we do have uh, March Madness tipping off about 2 o'clock today, so I do want to get out in time for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we are 7-0 in our last seven picks. Three, no, four March Madness, three NBA over the last couple of days here. So 7-0 in our last pick. So I wanted to kind of, you know, keep that going. We're on a hot streak. We can't just not do the show on a hot streak. What are you, crazy? We're 7-0. We got to keep in building it up, keep on cashing in when we are hot, hot to the touch, baby. So we are 7 Seven and zero, we are streaking, and we're looking to keep it up. We we, we don't want to lose this streak. We want to keep this streak up. So that's kind of what we're doing today. We're breaking on the NBA. Going to be betting the NBA tonight. Breaking out March Madness from last night. Betting on March Madness tonight, and uh, that's pretty much all we're going to be doing for today's show. A little bit of a quicker gambling update show, betting update show, if you will. There is one story I do want to talk about in the NFL because it came across my desk right before we went live, and I don't think I like what I'm hearing. No, no, no. So I want to talk uh, uh, that through quickly, quickly, quickly as well, but let's get out of here in time for those March Madness games. Get everything set up. Let's get relaxed. Let's uh, do what needed to be done. Do what needs to be done to prep or prepare prepare for a great day of once again the last this is going to be like the last fullest day that there is folks two games of March Madness on we're not going to be able to kind of replicate that I think uh, next week is a one on one on each day maybe they're both on the same day but the point is we're not going to have back-to-back two day two games and uh of March Madness on folks so must take advantage when we can so we are going to get out of here a little bit early today. But we are going to leave you all with some money in your pocket. 7-0. Did you all not listen? 7-0 over the last two days. We've been breaking our betting NBA rule, folks. And we did do that yesterday as well. I know we were a little bit on the fence during our show. But on uh, you know after the show, when I was able to reflect and you know kind of uh, recalculate and everything, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking the Nets. And I ended up taking the Nets again last night. Even though they were on a back-to-back with the Heat, I still took it. We are breaking our rules, folks. Do you see? And I may even break the rules for the rest of the year, folks. We'll talk about that when we get to the betting section of the NBA. But let's kick it off here. We'll start with March Madness from last night. Bet on that. Then we'll shift gears to the NBA. Bet on that as well. So. 
Let's see where the great value is, folks. We've been sniffing out that great value the last couple of days. Seven and oh in our last seven picks. That's pretty impressive. Let's knock on wood. We are kind of, you know, uh, honking our horn a little bit. So let's knock on wood here. Y'all know we got to keep it all centralized. Keep it all neutral. Ying and the yang. We're bragging. Let's knock on wood. Let's get it all recentered. And here we go. All righty. March Madness. We had two games on last night trying to punch their ticket into the final four. And man. Oh, man, what some good games that there were. So here we go. Let's start with the first game up here. Houston at Villanova. And we loved Houston, folks. Or no, we loved Villanova. Excuse me. We did not like Houston. Uh, we loved Villanova. And we got great value. We were not expecting Villanova to be, what, plus two and a half, plus three. I think I locked it in at plus three. Um, I did not expect Villanova to be getting any points. So when I saw that, I was like, whoa, whoa. What does Vegas know that we don't know? But then we also remember that Vegas doesn't know shit about Marsh Madness either. We may not know the most about March Madness, but neither does Vegas. We've seen all the great value they've been giving up just kind of in the Elite Eight with, um, or in the Sweet 16 with St. Peter's plus 13, and they went outright. I mean, man, oh, man, talk about great value. We took that as well. That's part of our 7-0, folks. Um, so, Villanova getting points. That was a no-brainer for us. This is a historic. Folks, they were telling it all in the telecast. This team has reached the Final Four like four or five times since 2016. This is a legitimate school, legitimate basketball school that we all know, folks. If you know March Madness, you know Villanova. If you fill out brackets, you know Villanova. And this was the same Villanova team. Team that we have been getting over the last couple of years. Great defense. And that's how really Villanova won their great defense. Another reason why they won was Houston shot, what, one of 20 from the three? Yikes. And that's why we are a little hesitant. Do we put threes in our algorithm? Do we not? And that's why we were kind of um, truly looking into the three-point shot in all these teams. We wanted to see high efficiency, not like a 34%, 35%. That's why we wanted to see kind of 40% and above to truly kind of be like, all right, this is a good three-point shooting team because then what we got with Houston last night, they lost because of the three. They've been winning because of the three, but, you know, three games into the tournament, it all crumbles on them, and they have a really poor performance shooting threes, and they can't, they can't win without the three-point shot. So it's a fine line of do you buy into the three-point shooting hype or do you stay away from the three-point shooting hype and, you know, the three-point shooting height maybe cost you a little bit if you took Houston. So, Villanova with the points, a little bit of a no-brainer, and they advance to the final four, awaiting their opponent going to be determined today on the winner of Kansas in Miami. So Villanova gets the win, looking really good defensively, and uh, another final four appearance for this uh, historic program. Absolutely. All right, then we had Arkansas at Duke, and we didn't want to play around with the spread there. Four points, all right, it's in that kind of limbo stage of is it great value, backdoor cover, how's it all going to play out? So we just stayed away from it, especially the way that Duke has been playing recently. Uh, the last couple of games, I want to say every game? All their games heading into this game, they were like down at halftime and not really leading and not really dominant in the first half. And then they really only take the lead five, four, five, six minutes left in the second half. And that's kind of how they win. So that's why we really didn't want to play around the spread. We just took them on the money line. But this Duke team, they came out firing right from the get-go. They got up and really never were losing. They were losing in maybe like the first four or five minutes of the game. But then other than that, once they got the lead, they did not let up. And this Duke team played the best game 
of their of their bracket so far of the tournament so far against a really good Arkansas defensive team. So Duke is looking real good heading into the Final Four here, folks. Coach K's last ride. We've got to be betting on it. And so far, uh, you know, we are living. You know, we 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 understood the assignment at the beginning of the tournament. We are going to be living or dying betting on Coach K's last ride. And so far, folks, we are living Final Four. And uh, man, oh man, they've got uh, two more games potentially. Do we keep betting them? I think we have to. It's going to be tricky. Because Duke's either going to be facing UNC, who's always, you know, close rivalry there, absolutely, or they face St. Peter's, the Cinderella underdog that nobody saw coming. So, Duke, next round, it's truly going to get all right. Is this Coach K's last ride? How much do the, the, how much do the players kind of, you know, play towards that narrative and all that? So, ooh, ooh, we love Duke. Next round, though, that's where we're going to be like, mm, mm, this is tough. This is tough. Hopefully, we get some points involved. Duke with points, I'll take that all day. I don't see that happening either against North Carolina or St. Peter's. But if I'm getting points one way or the other, that may be the way to go if the points are enough. If they're not enough, maybe we just still bet with Duke. But the good thing is we don't have to make that decision right now. That's the perfect thing. So we're not going to make that decision right now. All I know is that the previous decisions we have been making, Duke on the money line, cashing in. So, win two for two last night. Duke gets the win over Arkansas. Villanova gets the win over Houston. And they await their opponents being decided by today's action. So, let's talk about today's action, folks. Where is that great value? I want to see it. I want it to jump off the screen at me. <coughs> so, here we, so, here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. First game up, it tips off at 2.20. So we got the early slate of games today. Later slate of games yesterday, tipping off about 6. Now we got 2 and 5. So uh, basketball is going to end a little bit early today. And there's no NBA game on tonight, which is kind of lame. We get no nightcap NBA game or basketball game in general. So that's a little underwhelming. But, hey, we got a day. We got a little bit of a day of it. So I guess we can't complain too much. So, first game up, we got Miami and Kansas. The 10th seed Miami versus number one ranked Kansas. And I thought we were going to get better value than this. I don't understand the spread here where we get St. Peter's plus eight, but only Miami plus five and a half. What is up with that? It's right on the edge of great value. Take the points or just take Kansas on the money line. So, let's kind of recap both their journeys here to the Elite Eight. How are they scoring? What's their point totals? What's their kind of winning by close games, not close games? Is that five and a half enough for us to take of Miami? We've been loving the points as of recently. And once again, that should always be the default. If you truly don't know, everything's 50-50. You don't know which way to go on a bet. You got two choices. Two choices. We either don't bet the game or you take the points. I mean, it's March Madness. Anything can happen. If you get points, that's probably the safer bet if it is 50-50. So, let's recap. How did number 10 seed Miami get to the Elite 8 tier? They had to start off by beating number 7 USC, and they won close, folks. 68-66. to Now, they put up 68 points. That's a lot of points. Love that. Winning close there. Finding out how to win close. Getting it done. We respect it. Second round, they blow out number 2 Auburn. So, this Miami team knows 
better teams. They've been able to beat better seeded teams, a two seed, a seven seed, teams that are seeds that, you know, they should be losing against because they are the lower seed, just kind of classically. So they beat number seven USC. Then they go out and blow out and dominate Auburn 79-61, to an 18-point win while putting up 79 points, showing that they can score the basketball. That's big. And then they go and face... Number 11, Iowa State, and once again, had no trouble with them. Ended up winning by 14, 70 to 56, and once again, putting up 70 points, looking really good while doing so. And while we were talking about this game, uh, you know, when it was being played or when it was going to be played that day, we were kind of leaning towards Iowa. We ended up staying away from the game. In total, because it was only like a three-point spread, we didn't love anything, so we stayed away from it. But Miami is the real deal here, folks. I mean, they're putting up points, they're beating higher seeds and everything like that, and now they've got number one Kansas on deck for a chance to get to the Final Four. I think we need to respect Miami. Now, let's see what Kansas has been doing. Have they just been blowing out everybody? Has it been no contest every single game? Let's quickly take a look. They start off the first round of March Madness facing number 16 ranked Texas Southern and blow them out 56 to 83 almost a 30 point win there Kansas putting up 83 points then they go and face number nine Creighton and it was a close game seven point game and I don't believe Kansas took the lead until like second half or it wasn't they didn't really balloon up the lead until like the second half Creighton was always hanging around a little bit Kansas ended up winning by 7 79 to 72 and then against Providence another kind of closer game Kansas wins 66 to 61 so these kind of higher seeds I guess you can call them number nine Creighton number nine number four Providence they went kind of close with Kansas so Kansas not really dominating in the tournament besides the round one when you're facing a 16 seed I mean, you're facing Texas Southern. I mean, come on. You got to blow out that team. If you didn't blow out that team, that's a little concerning. <clears throat> now, Providence was pretty good. That was the all's dark horse that we believed in. We ended up taking the points there. It was Providence plus like six and a half, seven. And that was enough to get it done. Creighton, what was the spread of that Creighton game? Um, I want to say it was I was close. I think it was like Creighton plus five. I don't think they covered this game. Let me quickly double take, uh, double check here. We got the 19th and 20th. Creighton and Kansas. They played on the 19th. Creighton and Kansas. Here we go. The final spread of this game was, wow. Oh, my God. It was this big. Holy cow. Holy cow. Talk about points. Oh, my goodness. Kansas minus 13. We got Creighton plus 13 then. Did we take Creighton plus 13? I hope to goodness we ended up taking that value. I can't even remember all the value that's been parsing, that we've been parsing through the last couple of days. Man, man, I, th I think we did take Creighton. That 13 was crazy. I can't believe it was still plus 13. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Back is that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a one-point game at halftime, folks. Kansas 39, Creighton 38. This was close. So, Kansas knows close games. So, I think we're taking the five and a half here, uh, folks. The points, the points. Miami being real competitive even against higher seeds. Let's, let's lock in this Miami plus five and a half here, folks. Y'all know we can't say to no notice some points out here Kansas they've been going close close games probably a close game here close games for the most part uh, last night uh, Duke once again a comfortable lead 
pretty much throughout the entire game. Duke a little bit more of a blowout than Villanova and Houston, but still Villanova and Houston kind of, you know, neck and neck, you know, lower scoring game. So it was a little bit close. Houston made it real close with like three, four minutes left, cut the lead down to like two points, but Villanova stuck with it. And uh, Houston just were never able to kind of overcome that deficit. They were down by big numbers, like seven or eight, rubber banded it down to two, but never able to get over that hump there. Still competitive. So I see Miami kind of being competitive here as well. Give me the five and a half here. Here, folks give me the five and a half and then the last game tonight folks the second game here we go we got st peter's in north carolina number 15 seed st peter's versus number eight seed unc north carolina and once again we kind of hinted at it and said it a little bit out loud yesterday as well is it all script folks is this all scripted I mean we get Duke getting into the final four the only thing that's keeping that historic rivalry on coach K's last ride of facing you know North Carolina UNC and Duke that is a timeless classic right there these head coaches they've been they've been a part of the programs for their last 20 years they are the rivalry they are the history right here so Duke uh, coach K's last ride facing UNC in the final four I mean you can't get much scripted than that then you know other than facing in the finals but they can't do that because they are in uh, you know kind of the same region side of the bracket so we get North Carolina they may end up winning this game just for the narrative just for the story but I get St. Peter's plus eight and a half this team they've just proved that they are not frauds this is not the classic Cinderella story fraud where the 14th 15th seed they win the first round maybe they even win the second round but they never win that sweet 16 third round to advance to the elite eight St. Peter's is the first 15th seed in history to reach the elite eight folks this is a real deal non-fraudulent Cinderella story and they're going up against an eighth seed I mean you know just kind of optically this isn't one of the best teams in the country folks number eight <coughs> Let's track their progress so far, their uh, journey to the Elite Eight. We had UNC going against number nine, Marquette, in the first round. They blow them out by 32, winning 95 to 63. Then they go and face number one, Baylor, in the second round, and they kind of win very convincingly by nine points. And then they go to the Sweet 16 and beat UCLA very handily, 73 to 66. A nice seven-point win. So we had a nine-point win, a seven-point win in the last two rounds, and we're getting eight and a half here. I'm loving that. Now let's look at St. Peter's, their crazy historic ride. They face off in the first round against number two, Kentucky. Number two, Kentucky. So this St. Peter's team, they obviously have, you know, getting to the lead eight as a 15 seed, they, it's known that you're facing, you know, the better seeds, some of the best seeds that there are in your bracket. And St. Peter's started with Kentucky. Kentucky and ended up winning by six, 85 to 79. Then they go on to face number seventh ranked Murray State. They win convincingly by 10, 70 to 60. And then they go and face number three Purdue, another good kind of defensive team out here. And they end up winning close, 67 to 64, getting the win. And now they have to face number eight North Carolina. Is North Carolina better than Kentucky? Is North Carolina better than Purdue? Yeah, maybe at bare minimum a little, but at 
at the end of the day, we're getting eight and a half points. How can we turn that down? I think we have to live and die by this historic run. St. Peter's truly proved themselves as the real deal, fave, uh, you know, beating Purdue in their last game. Once again, something a school has never done. A 15 seed getting to the Elite Eight. They're feeding off that momentum. Now, are they buying into their hype a little bit too much? That could potentially be their downfall, but I don't think we should read too much into it. At the end of the game against Purdue, when uh, you know they just won, they're doing the interviews uh, on the floor after the game. St. Peter's head coach kind of says, hey, what are they going to say now? Like, yeah, you stop stop doubting us. We are the real deal. So they are kind of buying into their hype a little bit. But, hey, on a March Madness tournament like this where you have to make your own momentum, there's no home court, you're on a neutral floor, everything like that. You're playing multiple games, multiple days in a row, everything like that. Yeah, you got to kind of create your own hype, create your own momentum, create your own narrative, get your players hype. So I don't even know if that's a true negative out there, folks. So give me St. Peter's plus the eight and a half. Yes, maybe North Carolina wins for the story, for the fix, for the script. But I think if they're going to script this game, they're going to make it a little close out here. Yes, give me St. Peter's plus eight and a half. I'm taking the points today, folks. Give me the five and a half with Miami. Give me the eight and a half with St. Peter's. And we're looking to potentially go nine and nine, nine of nine over our last nine bets. But we've got more basketball to potentially bet on folks and that is the NBA so let's see uh, we've got two games we're locking these games in folks Miami plus the five and a half St. Peter's plus eight and a half here now let's take a look at what we're looking at in NBA wise but before we talk about NBA we can't bet on the NBA without talking about what happened last night in the NBA folks especially since I mean we're I'm kind of free I'm kind of free to take back to backs I think we may be suspending our rule for the remainder of the regular season folks and um yeah i think we may be doing that because it's so tempting the league is so lackluster now that we don't have to worry about teams playing back to back and you know looking good on back to backs because no team is looking good on back to back so uh, we ended up breaking our rule yesterday. We'll talk about it when we get to that game. Heat, Nets, Heat, Nets. We ended up taking the Nets minus three and a half. Heat on the back-to-back. -back. We don't we don't bet back-to-backs. But the last, I mean, we've broken the rule twice in the last weeks, folks. We don't do that. That is unprecedented. And it's because this league so far is lackluster at the back end of the season. This is where we're supposed to be getting the team's best basketball. And half the teams didn't get the memo. Uh, Three-fourths of the team, I should correct. Maybe even four-fifths. I'm going four-fifths of the NBA teams. They never got the menu that memo that this is the back end of the season where you need to go out and secure your own playoff spot. Half these teams, four-fifths of these teams are not doing that, folks. But let's uh, get back on track to these games out here, folks, and then we'll talk about betting in the NBA tonight. So here we go. First game up is the Spurs at the Pelicans, and well done, Spurs. And we should have taken it. It was great value, and we just kind of hemmed and hawed around it and ended up not taking it, and I apologize for not securing that great value last night. Spurs plus 6.5, amazing value. This team is clawing their way into the playing tournament, and they just won outright 107-103 against the Pelicans. And because of this win, folks, we are going to make a little bit of an impromptu adjustment to our NBA power rankings. 
the 10th seed. When we were doing it on Friday, we had it at the Jazz, but we talked ourselves out of it, and we just had a little bit of a, a little bit of a placeholder in the Pelicans there. But now that the Spurs just beat them, yeah, I'm knocking the Pelicans out, and I'm putting the Spurs at number 10 here. No Brandon Ingram last night, so the Pelicans still not at 100%, so we're still not knocking the Pelicans 100% by knocking them out of the top 10, but we are showing love to the Spurs team that is getting it done, clawing their way. They are outside looking in for really the entire year, and here they are only one game out from that 10th seed. Who are the Pelicans currently at that 10th seed? So the Spurs truly, I mean, hit kind of two birds with one stone here. You get the win, inching closer, and then you also made the Pelicans lose who are at that 10th seed. So what an absolute must win by the Spurs. Spurs or the Pelicans last night, but the Spurs took advantage. So for that reason, we now have the Spurs at number 10 in our power rankings. We will once again re-update it on Friday, but for the rest of the week, Spurs will be at number 10. Shout out to the Spurs. Go out and do your thing for the rest of this week to uh, keep this 10th seat and maybe even climb up. Hey, I'll, I'll move the Spurs up to 9, maybe even 8. I don't know if we can go ever, I don't know if we can ever go higher than 8, but hey, there's still some movement to be had, so go and secure a spot. Go and secure a spot in the playoffs. Go and secure a spot in our power rankings. Spurs, 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 well done. Getting the four-point win last night. So for the Spurs last night, we had DeJounte Murray triple-double. Triple-double DeJounte Murray. Oh my goodness. 15 points, 13 assists, 11 re rebounds and then 3 steals to put a nice bow on it. Now, he didn't shoot well. The man shot 21% on 19 shots but still plus 10 on the floor. Triple-double. We'll still give him a lot of credit for that. Then we had Keldon Johnson, 21 points. Jacob Poto, loving Jacob Poto. Man, oh, man, get this man. I'm, I want to elevate this man into, like, tier one bigs. I mean, 12 points, 11 rebounds. So gosh dang consistent on this Spurs team. You got to respect what this man brings to the table. Shout out to Jacob Poto in under underappreciated big in a bigs world. We can't let this man go under the radar anymore. Jacob Poto, tier one big. I'm putting him in there. All right, um, then we get Josh Primo, 12 points, and uh, Josh Richardson, 18 points. So everybody in the starting lineup, absolutely fantastic. And then coming off the bench, two double-digit scores. Zach Collins, 10 points, five rebounds. Jock Londel, 10 points, seven rebounds coming off the bench as well. So everybody helping, participating in the Spurs must-win game last night. And it's enough to get that three, four-point win. And then for the Pelicans, once again, no Brandon Ingram still. They need this man back. We knew he was a game time decision. That's why we ended up staying away from this game in totality because of no Brandon Ingram. But uh, CJ McCollum got it done. 32 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds. Jonas Valanciunas, 18 points, 6 assists, 11 rebounds. So, you know, they're the two bigs, uh, the big two that they do have. CJ McCollum, Valanchunas, they got it done. Everybody else really kind of let him down besides Jose Alvarado coming off the bench. He had a really nice night. 23 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds coming off the bench. But other than that, the fourth leading scorer was Devontae Graham with 6 points on 20% shooting. So everybody else, all the role players of the Pelicans let them down last night. That's why we need Brandon Ingram here to truly 100% buy into the Pelicans. We need that big three out out there. <clears throat> so Spurs get that four-point win, 107-103 last night. Well done, San Antonio. Absolutely. 
All right, next game up here. We got the Kings at the Magic. And, man, oh, man, talk about clutch, clutch, clutch. Sheesh, sheesh. Kings down three points with a minute left and ended up winning by four. How did that happen? Well, Dante DiVincenzo ties it up with a minute left. And this is why we hate that the Bucks got rid of Dante DiVincenzo. Absolutely hate it. This man is a nice role player bench piece that could potentially get into the starting lineup and have great success. I mean, we've seen that before by him. And once again, the Bucks. They are not that deep at guard anymore. So Dante DiVincenzo takes his talents to the Kings in that trade. And this man just paid off right here. A minute left. Dante DiVincenzo down three in the corner. Cash out by three. And now we're tied at 110-110. The Magic, they don't score because this team's not clutch. They can't close out. We know this Magic team. So they missed their shot. Now with 20 seconds left, we get Harrison Barnes in that same corner three that Dante DiVincenzo hit. He hits the three. They go up by three with 12 seconds left, and the rest is history. Kings down three with the minute. End up winning by four. Clutch threes by Harrison Barnes and Dante DiVincenzo for the win. For the win with no... De'Aaron Fox and no Sabonis in this Kings team still gets the win last night. Big time win for the Kings or the Magic. Once again, just being the classic lackluster Magic basketball team that they've been all year. Shout out to the Kings last night. We had Davian Mitchell once again in the starting lineup with no De'Aaron Fox. 22 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. Love his play. Once again, we'll say it again. This Kings team should have made a little bit more moves in the uh, at the uh, trade deadline. You can get rid of De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, do we even need him? I mean, you should be trading Sabonis this offseason as well. I know you just got him, so you didn't have him at the trade deadline. But yeah, I would try and trade Sabonis maybe this season as well. But Davian Mitchell can take the reins, truly. What a great game by the man. All right, then we had Harrison Barnes, 19 points, 7 rebounds. A man shot 2 of 6 from 3, one of those being that game winner. Dante DiVincenzo off the bench, 16 points, 8 rebounds. I mean, this is what he brings to the table, folks. And the Bucks just let him go for basically nothing? Basically nothing, folks. They, they got, uh, they got, uh, um... Uh, what's his name? Um, um Sergi Baca, Blocka. They got Blocka in in the trade overall. So I don't know, man. I don't like the trade. And once again, this is gonna hurt the Bucks if they if they ever struggle in the playoffs. It's gonna be because of their guard play, folks. I'm telling y'all, we've been saying it ever since that trade happened, and we're still seeing it. Bucks just lost last night with Giannis and Chris Middleton not able to get it done. Not looking like they're kind of healthy, uh, spring chicken selves out there, and they just lost again to a John Morantless Grizzlies team. I mean, man, oh, man. So the Kings getting it done last night. Well done. Well done, Dante DiVincenzo. Well done, Damian Mitchell. Go out and get it done, young kids. Love it. And then for the Magic, Cole Anthony, 14 points. He had 14 points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds. I'll give him the rebounds and assists. We had Franz Wagner, 19 points, led the team in scoring. I uh, love seeing that. Mo Bamba at the 5, 18 points, 13 rebounds. And then even off the bench, Moritz Wagner, 15 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. Markel Fold, 16 points, 3 steals, 3 assists. So Magic overall had a pretty good day, but just could not close out that game. And you're at home, you got to close out. You're at home, you got to close out. I mean, it's as simple as that. So Magic lackluster as they've always been. Some good performances here and there, but not being able to put it all together win down the stretch that's that next step they got to take folks that's that next step they got to take but we're not going to be able to see that until next year how unfortunate kings get the win 114 to 110 
Alright, next game up here is the Pacers at the Raptors, and the Raptors just absolutely blew out the Pacers, folks. Once again, the Pacers did not win the trade. I, mean, I think we are 100% confident now. Kings beat the Pacers straight up. Kings still winning games, being competitive, and the Pacers getting blown out by 40 points, folks. 131 to 91. And uh, the, the Raptors were so on fire. How on fire were they? The Raptors were so on fire last night that the speakers caught fire, folks. Yes, yes. The game, the entire arena had to be evacuated because there was a speaker fire, folks. They were literally setting the uh, gym on fire for how much they were shooting, folks. They were so great. They shot 60% from the field, 46% from the fee, uh, from the three, folks. I mean, they were shooting out. They were on scorching fire from the field, folks. Yes. So, they clear the stadium, everybody has to evacuate, but they all come back in, they finish the game, and it was the same before the fire. Big time blowout before the fire, big time blowout after the fire, the fire did not discourage the Raptors. So, Raptors get the big old win. Fred VanVleet only 5 points last night. 5 points, 3 assists. Scotty Barnes, 19 points. We had Siakam, 23 points. 3 steals, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Love seeing that, but look at this bench, folks. Can we take a look at this bench? Look at the bench, folks. Look at the bench. Precious, 18 points, 6 rebounds. Chris Boucher, 15 points, 10 rebounds. Armani Brooks, 6 points, 6 assists. We'll take it. Thaddeus Young, 11 points. Man, oh, man. Bench getting it done because, hey, the starters were like, hey, we're, we've seen enough of this. We're, we're already up. They were up 30 by the time the fire happened, and I think the fire happened right before halftime. So, yeah, yeah. Raptors, they get the win. Easy peasy. Cruise control. Where the Pacers, Tyrus Halliburton, 7 points. He had 12 assists. I'll give him the assist. But 7 points on 28% shooting. Not going to get it done. Buddy healed 14 points. 4 of 8 from the 3. That's not enough. O'Shea percent led the team in scoring with 21 points. They only played 3 players off the bench, and none of those players got double-digit scores like we had Everybody double-digit score-wise off the bench for the Raptors. So, Pacers, a sad excuse of a franchise out here. It's not Sabonis holding them back. It was everybody. It's everybody holding this team back. They're still losing without Sabonis. Raptors blow them out, 131-91. <clears throat> All right, next game up here is the Bulls to the Cavs. And well done for the Bulls of getting the win. But once again, it's a close game. And the Bulls only won because the Cavs got out to the slowest start ever at halftime. I mean, they put up 16 points in the first quarter and 19 points in the second quarter, folks. They put up 35 points. 35 points and a half? Yikes, but then they stepped it up in the second half. They got their act together. They outscored Chicago 28-22 to in the third quarter and then outscored the Bulls 31-23 to in the fourth quarter. So the Bulls were lucky that they got out to a little bit of a good start. They're really just lucky that the Cavs got out to a slow start last night. So once again, we're not buying into the Bulls. This win doesn't move the needle. They're one by four without Jared Allen, folks. This is still not a good Bulls team. Do not fall for the hype, the quote-unquote hype around this Bulls team. Their record, DeMar DeRozan, MVP, don't fall for that hype. This is not a good team. <coughs> So, uh, last night, the Bulls, they got it done, but meh, meh, meh. Uh, we had DeMar DeRozan, 20 points, 5 rebounds. Zach Levine, 25 points. Vucevic, 16 points, 9 rebounds. 
We had Alex Caruso and Ao at the two guard positions. Ao at the one, 11 points, five assists. Caruso at the two, 10 points, seven assists, eight rebounds. So they had good nights overall. Kobe White still not in the starting lineup, which we don't love. But I guess, you know, the Bulls have the reasons why they don't put Kobe White in the starting lineup. Last night, lackluster, no points, and no assists in 19 minutes. Yeah, Kobe, we just went to bat for you yesterday on the show. I think it was yesterday when we were looking at, you know, every time you started and uh, you're kind of, uh, I want to say, you're maybe, um, let me try to recount these numbers quickly. Um, I want to say you're maybe like 14 and 7 as the star in the starting lineup. Maybe like 10 and 5. 10 and 5. Either way you slice, it's like double the wins that he has as loss. He's kind of 2 to 1 win loss in the starting lineup, which we think is pretty good. Uh, pretty gosh dang good. Unfortunately, didn't get in the starting lineup last night. Didn't do anything off the bench. You minus 8, the worst on the floor by anybody by the Bulls last night. So Kobe White let us down a little bit, but they took care of business overall. And then for the Cavs, we had Darius Garland, 28 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. Karis LeVert in the starting lineup, which we love seeing. We've been kind of clamoring for this. 17 points, 5 rebounds, just not enough to get it done. Evan Mobley still playing the 5 and holding it down. 9 points, 11 rebounds. And then off the bench, Lamar Stevenson's with 13 big old points. But Kevin Love off the bench let us down a little bit. 5 points on 25% shooting. 1 of 6 from the 3 and they lose close. So uh, Kevin Love, a little bit of a letdown last night. But uh, the Cavs, just, they just got out to a very, very slow start. But still decently trying to buy this Cavs team. They've, they're not as good as they were at their peak. But let's get Jared Allen back. Let's get uh, everybody kind of you know rocking and rolling. Win some games and seeing if they can kind of uh, get out of this little bit of a sinking hole that they're in. It's a little bit of a, it's a quicksand. It's a quicksand hole. It's moving very slowly, but the Cavs are starting to sink and sink and sink and sink. And there's going to be a point where the Cavs aren't going to be able to pull themselves out of that quicksand. So hopefully they can uh, get out of that quicksand before it truly eats them all alive here. Didn't happen last night. Bulls get the four point win, 98 to 94. All right, next game up here is the Nets and the Heat, folks. And once again, we broke our rule of not betting back-to-backs last night, folks. We were questioning. We were on the fence, but we ended up taking them. Uh, we ended up taking them on the money line. We didn't swallow the three and a half. That was kind of my uh, my agreement with myself. Hey, I'll break my rule, but I won't swallow the three and a half point spread. That was kind of the deal I made. They cover the three. They cover the money line, whatever you got it at, and they ended up winning 110-95, 15-point win. That was a little bit more of a blowout than just 15 points, folks. Uh, Heat had the lead for maybe halfway first quarter, but then it just all fell apart. Like we know this Heat team does. They can't put together a full four quarters of good basketball together. They've lost that ability, and uh, that was the best ability about this Heat team is able to play and close out games in the fourth quarter. But they're not doing that as of recently, and uh, this Heat team, they must be kicked out of the top ten. We do not want to see the Miami Heat in the top ten. The Heat should not be in the top ten, and the Jazz should not be in the top ten, folks. Yes, get them out of there, folks. You got you know, we'll give you until your next iteration of power rankings, but I do not want to see the Heat or the Jazz in anybody's top 10. Anybody's top 10. At least for the next iteration, they can always try to claw their way back in. Absolutely. But not as of right now. You must kick the Jazz and the Heat out of your top 10. 
So, the Nets last night with Kevin Durant, 23 points, 3 steals, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. We had Kyrie Irving, only 11 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds. But why did we have confidence in betting the Nets last night? Because of Seth Curry, folks. 17 points by Seth Curry. Shot 5 of 6 from the 3. Absolutely immaculate. That's what this Nets team need. They need that kind of third piece. And Ben Simmons so far, he hasn't been playing, so he's not the third. Andre Drummond, he really can't be the third out here. No disrespect to Andre Drummond, but you're not going to be a three out here so it's got to come from Seth Curry so we really can only bet this Nets team going forward uh, when they have Seth Curry or when uh, Ben Simmons comes back and we don't even know if that man's ever coming back this year so Seth Curry in the lineup we're good to be betting the Nets with Seth Curry Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant they got it done last night and that was really it. Uh, Nicholas Claxton, he had 10.6 rebounds coming off the bench. Goran Dragic still floundering mightily. Six points, four assists, four rebounds. Nothing fantastic. Patty Mills, nine points on 18% shooting. Two of 11 from the three. Nine points on two of 11 from the three. Patty Mills is still, once again, very, very bad on this team. So, Nets, they ended up getting it done because the Heat, a little bit lackluster last night. Jimmy Butler, seven points on 22% shooting. P.J. Tucker outscored Jimmy Butler. That's when we know we have a problem. Nine points by P.J. Tucker. We had Bam, Bam Adebayo, 14.6 rebounds. Duncan Robinson doing classic Duncan Robinson things. 0 of 3 from the 3. Zero points. Classic. Kyle Lowry, 12 points, but only one assist. Who's facilitating the floor? Tyler here, only 13 points last night. 0 of 5 from the 3. Where is the sixth man of the year at? Uh, we had Victor Oladipo play last night, but 9 points. That's it. Uh, Kayla Martin ended up playing last night. 10 points. That was pretty well done. Max Drews, 13 points. So that's pretty well done. But the starters, where are the starters? The bench, pretty good overall. We had three players, almost 4 or 5. Almost four or five players in double-digit scoring. Where are the starters at? So Heat, they're not they're not putting it all together. It's either the starters good, bench not good, bench good, starters not good. Everybody's healthy, nobody's healthy. Still winning, still losing. So it's just this Heat team. They're not consistent. They're not. They're a nothing team, folks. They've got nothing. They got a couple of players on their team. They can't put it together. They're fault. They're floundering big time. Back end of the season. Heat, folks, man, man, how the mighty have fallen. We were talking about this heat like they good. We talked about them as the bubble heat, and they got to the finals in the bubble. They're not looking like that bubble team anymore. Uh, Nets get the win 110 to, 110 to 95. All right, then we get the Bucks. Next game up, the Bucks at the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies blow out the Bucks by 25, winning 127-102. Once again, no John Moran for the Grizzlies. No problem. That's why we have the Grizzlies at number three, and man, oh, man, man, oh, man, it's tough. Do I have triple number ones out here? I can't differentiate number one and number two between the Celtics and the Suns, and the Grizzlies are starting to creep into that category. Oh, my goodness. Maybe on Friday we have three number ones, and once again, folks, if we're still getting this lackluster play I'll only have a top three and it will only just be Sun Celtics Grizzlies and I won't even rank them they will all be one I'm this close y'all better keep stepping it up for the rest of the week we've got some decent step ups the Hawks uh, the Bulls we even count that as a step up I don't know so I mean I'm still deciding whether we're having a full top 10 next week or if we're shaving it down to two or three uh, we're st our st mind is still kind of currently in the decision-making process. So I don't want to see any floundering today by everybody. I don't want to see anybody floundering for the rest of the week. Hawks, Spurs, let's keep it up. Spurs a little bit. Pelicans, let's get that up a little bit. Nuggets, let's keep being competitive. Yes, out here, okay? 
So, uh, Grizzlies last night still getting it done. Tyus Jones filling in at the one for no. John Morant, 13 points, 10 assists. Definitely not points-wise, John Morant, but 10 assists. I'll take that absolutely all day. We had Desmond Bain, 20 points. Steven Adams still doing his thing, 4 points, 11 rebounds. Dylan Brooks, 19 points. We had Jaron Jackson Jr., 16 points, 6 rebounds off the bench. Anthony Melton led the team in scoring, 24 big old points. We had Kyle Anderson off the bench, 9 points. Xavier Tillman off the bench, 8 points, 11 rebounds. Zaire Williams, 7 points off the bench. So, Everybody's stepping it up in the absence of John Morant, and the Grizzlies are still rolling along. That's so impressive, folks. Winning without your star player, we need to elevate that more. Exactly when we talk about MVP discussion, folks, if you're the only star on your team and you're getting great production and a great record and are in the playoffs, not the playing tournament, we need to elevate that over. That's why it's MVP and not just the best player award, most valuable most valuable player. Devin Booker's fantastic. Don't get us wrong. Should be in the discussion. But he's got Chris Paul. He's got DeAndre Ayton. He's got Cameron Payne, who's fantastic. He's got McCall Bridges. He's got other greatness players that help out with the wins. I'm not knocking or discrediting anything Devin Booker's been doing. He's been playing fantastic. Same thing with Joel Embiid. You know, having uh, a little bit of uh, not as much help for Devin Booker, obviously. Only had James Harden for a few weeks here. Besides James Harden, Tyrese Maxey truly stepped it up. Tobias Harris wasn't really doing anything spectacular. But, I mean, they had Seth Curry. They had Tyrese Maxey. That help is not as great as Devin Booker's help. So, that's why Joel Embiid should be elevated a little bit more over Devin, Bo Devin Booker. But then when we look at Jokic, folks, not having Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and still finding ways to get it done folks that's why that's the difference maker everybody's looking like oh you know he's got basically the same not even basically the same I don't even know why everybody's arguing for Joel Embiid over Jokic I, I people don't like Jokic that's really what it is at the end of the day they don't like Jokic and I don't understand I think I understand why but I'm not gonna say it uh but uh yeah I mean Jokic's playing out of his mind in that passing factor oh my goodness it's so fantastic and really that's why Jokic is my MVP at this current moment because of the help factor he doesn't have the help that Devin Booker and um, Joel Embiid have. And also his a, his ability to facilitate the floor as a big, folks. That's so crazy. Joel Embiid is not as good of a passer as Jokic is. Joel Embiid is still a decent passer, but Jokic takes it to another level. You can run Jokic at the point, folks. And that's really kind of what he's been doing this season. So that's why we've got Joker, folks. Jokic, we must respect the overall team dynamic. And somebody just put it very well. I forgot who it was. Uh, an NBA player just put it perfectly well. Yesterday, two days ago, he says MVP should be the person that... Uh, I forgot how he put it. It was, it was a little bit of witty wordplay. I will give him that. Uh, he said uh, the MVP most valuable award should go to the person that makes his teammates uh, more valuable. The MVP should be able to make his his teammates more valuable. Something along those lines, folks. Uh, but that's how it is. I mean, if you're a team full of stars and you're a great team, that's great. I don't know if we can count that as MVP. You know what I mean? Most valuable. You know, you got other. I mean, let's just take. You know, let's just take uh, pre-trade nets as an example. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Should one of those players, if they were averaging maybe like 30, 50, uh, 30, uh, let's say thirty-eight and eight. 38 and 8. I mean, should we give them MVP? 
I mean, you take them away, you take Kevin Durant away, and you still got Kyrie Irving and James Harden. You take James Harden away, you still got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You take Kyrie Irving away, you got James Harden and Kevin Durant. I mean, uh, does that count as valuable at that point? If you got three, I mean, Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famers on your team? Should we be counting that as MVP? I don't know if I would. That's where I'm coming from. I would not. I would not. All right, but back to the game here. Bucks not getting it done. Grizzlies did get it done. Well done by the Bucks, or well done by the Grizzlies for the Bucks. We had Giannis, 30 points, 11 rebounds, not enough to get it done. Chris Middleton, 16 points, five assists, five rebounds, pretty well done. But that, other than that, everybody laid an egg. We had Brooke Lopez, 10 points, six rebounds. That was the top three scores. Brooke Lopez. Giannis and Chris Middleton. Everybody else floundering. We had Grayson Allen only seven points last night. George Hill at the one. No Drew, no Drew Holiday. Another reason why kind of the Bucks lost a little bit. But once again, not uh, losing one player is not an excuse. Look at the Grizzlies. So we really can't even compare that. So George Hill at the one. Five points, three assists. Bobby Portis coming off the bench. Seven points, but he did have 11 rebounds. That was fantastic. Shot 15%, but at 11 rebounds. I'll take that, absolutely. And then Pat Connaughton off the bench. Nine points. Javon Carter, nine points off the bench. Just not enough to get it done. And once again, the Grizzlies, you're going to have to bring it. You're going to have to bring it. This Grizzlies team is not rolling over on any team or, oh, we don't got John Moran, so let's phone it in. No, no, no. No, no, no. This Grizzlies team is legit. They get the win 127-102. All right, then we get the Thunder at the Nuggets, and the Nuggets get another win here. They win 113-107. Jokic gets it done. Man, oh, man, great night. Close to a triple-double. 35 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Led the team in assisting. Did anybody on the Thunder have more than 8 assists? No. So he was the most. He was the highest assister on the entire team. This is what we're saying about Jokic, folks. The passability, the vision, the floor general ability by the big, by the big. 35 points, 8 assists, 12 rebounds. Yes, sir. Love it. All by Jokic. Two blocks. Blocks, two steals to go along with all of that. I mean, stat sheet stuff are out here. MVP, yes, back-to-back MVPs. They will not. I, I'm telling y'all, they are not going to give Jokic MVP this season. They will not do it. They will not allow Jokic to be a back-to-back MVP. It's just not going to be it, folks. Um, so we all must gear up for that. That's why you know the MVP is a little bit of a joke. I mean, what are we talking about here? Jokic's better than what it, than what he was last season, folks. Aaron Rodgers was worse than he was last season. Do you see the difference there, folks? It's it's getting a little out of control here like we can't even put any any kind of value into MVPs anymore because they don't want to give it to LeBron should be MVP every single year folks I mean even this year with the Lakers it's LeBron I mean he's the only one doing anything meaningful no Anthony Davis still trying you know averaging 30 points I mean he's averaging 30 points this season folks it's fantastic but back to this game here Jokic Almost triple-double, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Respect it. We had Aaron Gordon, 20 points. Love it. Yes, yes, please. If you could put up 20 points every single game, we love it. He was a plus 24 on the floor. Aaron Gordon, let's see this. Aaron Gordon every night, 20 points, 9 rebounds. That's all I'm asking for. That's really all I'm asking for. 20-plus points a night. Now we are rolling. Will Barton, 18 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. <coughs> And that was really it. Uh, nobody else really helped out too much. Monte Moore, seven points. We had Jeff Green, eight points. Leading score off the bench. Bones Highland, only nine points last night. Not his usual 15-20 that we're all gushing about. Bryn Forbes letting us down. Not even getting that many minutes. Nine minutes last night. Three points. So, Joe Kick and company hunkering down and getting the win. And then for the Thunder, we got Josh Giddy. He's done for the season, folks. They are shutting him down. No Shea Gales Alexander last night. 
Um, and they were still decently competitive. So this Thunder team, I mean, the more pieces they lose, the more competitive they get. It's kind of bizarre, but we give them a little credit, I guess. We had Theo Melendez, 20 points, led the team in scoring. Uh, Alexev Pukosovetsky still in the starting lineup, 17 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. I mean, this man's been playing pretty decent, folks. He could be a nice, like, fourth, fifth option on a team. I don't know if I can fill him into, like, a big three role, but I mean... Last season in the starting lineup, pretty solid. This season, rarely got into the starting lineup. I think it was a little knocked up this season. A little banged up this season. Not knocked up. A little banged up this season. Uh, always coming off the bench when he did play. But now that uh, the Thunder have nobody to play, Josh Giddey's out. Lugan Stewart's out. Shea Gales Alexander out. Yeah, go in the starting lineup. And he's still giving us some solid production out here. So, Puko Savetsky, this is a name to kind of, you know, still young. I think, what, second year we got Puko Savetsky? Second, third? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, one year experience. Yeah, so second year out here so yeah Pugosovetsky you know watch out for this man could potentially still be a nice fourth role player out here for a team we'll see if he stays with the Thunder but uh, I'm sure he will because uh, just because he's still under contract obviously rookie contract but just watch out let's just I just want y'all to keep Pugosovetsky on the radar keep him on the radar uh doesn't need to be close to the center of the radar a little bit out there on the radar but he needs to be a little blip on the radar yes Puko Zavetsky, 17 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds last night. Just not enough to get it done over MVP Jokic. I mean, that's really all it is. Nuggets get the win, 113-107. to 107. And then the final game of the night here. On the back-to-back, back-to-back series, back-to-back nights, Rockets at the Blazers again, and the Rockets win again, 115-98. to 98. So, second time around, Blazers can't get it done. Once again, no Anthony Simons. There's absolutely zero bet ability. There's like one, uh, I'll give, uh, yeah, I'll give Anthony Simons his respect. Uh, about 10% bet ability with Anthony Simons, just Anthony Simons in the starting lineup. But without Anthony Simons, it's 0% bet ability here by this Blazers team. So, classic Blazers, uh, leading scorer will shot him out here by the Blazers. There's Brandon Williams, 15 points, and also Trendon Watford, 15 points as well. For the Rockets, Christian Wood still not doing anything magnificent, folks. I mean, Christian Wood, I mean, uh, man, oh, man, you can't build around Christian Wood. Christian Wood's just got to be kind of the third piece, fourth piece option out here. You can't build around him. 13.6 rebounds last night. We had uh, uh, Alperin Sengun coming off the bench, leading score, 27.7 rebounds, and also Jalen Green with 25 big old points as well to help the Rockets beat the Blazers again, 115-98. to 98. <clears throat> Alrighty, that was all the NBA from last night. Now let's see how we make money in the NBA tonight. We are three for three in our last three NBA picks, seven and zero overall in our last seven picks. So let's keep it up, folks. Can we keep it up? Can we keep it up? These teams are making it easy for us because they've been lackluster, folks. Can everybody just start being more competitive? That's really what I want. I want to see more competitive um, action out here because, once again, the NBA is letting us down a little bit. We are about to cut the top 10 down to the top 3 because the uh, number 10 through 7 is just meaningless from uh, from now on, honestly. Uh, not making that decision yet, but it could it could come any minute, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm done playing around. I'm done playing the games out here, folks. All right, but here we go. What do we have on tap tonight? Today, we got a game tipping off at 340. So early basketball, folks, two in college, three in NBA, five back in college, six back in NBA, and then NBA for the rest of the night. But here we go. First game up, we got the Knicks at the Pistons. Knicks minus four, Pistons plus four. All righty, this Pistons team, they've been, you know, 
lost their last game, but only by three. But there is bad ability with the Pistons here, and y'all know how we feel about the Knicks. So Pistons getting points here. I like it, but let's see who's in and out. For the Knicks, Julius Randle's a game-time decision. We got any news on Julius Randle? I'm assuming he's going to play. Missed the last two games. I think this, this time he finally plays, but let's see. We get Seth Curry questionable. Goran Dragic to play Sunday. Well, we're not going to bet on the Nets, folks. I, I guarantee you that. I don't think we're betting on the Nets here. Uh, we already just pushed it a little bit on the back-to-back -back with the Heat. I don't know if we go back-to-back -back with the Nets now. Uh, but we don't have any information on our man, Julius Randle. All right, but for the Pistons, we get Jeremy. Oh, well, we're not taking this one. Jeremy Grant out. Hamidi Diallo's out. And uh, so, yeah, we like Jer uh, we like. Cade Cunningham, we like Sadiq Bey, but we really need Jeremy Grant here. This Knicks team, they've been fiery a little bit. Can I call them fiery? They've been fiery the last I'm, I'm, I, uh, They've been fiery the last month. They haven't always been winning, but they've been showing some nice stretches during those games and all that. So this Knicks team kind of trending up a little bit. We're this Pistons team, in our mind, trending down. So we're going to stay away from this one. We're not going to have two... Mm, I won't call them bad. I'll call them below average. I'm not going to bet on two below average teams to kind of keep up this 7-0 streak. We're not going to push it there. All right, next game up, and ooh, this should be a good one, folks. Timberwolves at the Celtics. Timberwolves plus six, Celtics minus six. And this Celtics team, they've been covering the spread as of recently, folks. Absolutely. Um, they're on a five-game winning streak, and I want to say they cover the spread in all five of those games. I mean, this Celtics team getting it done as of recently. So, Celtics minus six, Timberwolves plus six, Timberwolves trending up as well. For the Timberwolves, we get Jordan McLaughlin, a game-time decision, Jaden McDaniels and Malik Beasley both out. For the Celtics, Al Horford out, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, game-time decisions. I don't like to hear any of that. So, yeah, we love the Celtics, but all those question marks, no thank you. We got to stay away from it. How unfortunate. Even if even if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play, no Al Horford is truly a big mark right there, folks. I mean, they, they're not that deep big-wise, so maybe Daniel Tice gets in the starting lineup, and then who's coming off the bench big-wise? So, yeah, I think we're staying away from betting the Celtics here. Mm, darn, darn, darn. All right, next game up, we got the 76ers at the Sun. 76ers plus four, Suns minus four. This should be a good one as well. Man, oh, man. For the 76ers, we get everybody good to go. For the Suns, JaVale McGee out. Cameron Johnson out as well. But we get Chris Paul. We get Devin Booker. We get DeAndre Ayton. And I don't know if this 76ers team is ready to kind of beat the upper, upper echelon of the NBA, folks. This team has been struggling a little bit. A little bit. They haven't been blowing out anybody. But anybody they struggle closing out games and they're on the road and we only have to swallow four here i'm swallowing four with the suns i think they show up and show out this suns team the suns and the celtics have been the only consistent teams out here that truly just get it done every game regardless of who's in and who out and who they're facing and if they're at home and if they're on the road so Suns and the celtics are truly kind of saving the league at the current moment where the 76ers team is another reason why this league is a little bit on notice why everybody's kind of question marks while we're threatening to narrow down the top 10 to just the top three the 76ers are part of that reason I want to see the dominance and we haven't seen the dominance really ever since James Harden got here so I'm taking the minus four with the Suns I love the Suns team they are legit they are truly legit 
All right, next game up, we got the Warriors at the Wizards. Warriors minus seven, Wizards plus seven. For the Warriors, Steph Curry is still out. Unfortunate, we stay away from it. For the Wizards, Kyle Kuzma's out again, so it's just going to be Porzingis out there by his lonesome. Once again, the Warriors with Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole should take care of business, but what happened the last time we said that? They lost uh, They lost by 11 against the Hawks, so no sure ability here. We got to stay away from this one overall. Then we get the Lakers at the Pelicans. Lakers plus three and a half. Pelicans minus three and a half. A big time play in tournament race right here. Lakers at the ninth seed. Pelicans at the 10th seed. Every game matters, folks, especially you had to had matchups like this. So big time important game right here. Does LeBron James step up? Hopefully. Let's see. What do we got going on here for the Lakers? LeBron, a game-time decision. Taylor Horton Tucker, a game-time decision. Dwight Howard, a game-time decision. For the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, a game-time decision. Is Brandon Ingram back tonight, folks? Once again, let me refresh NBA Fantasy Labs. Come on, show me a Brandon Ingram. Uh, we still get no information on Brandon Ingram. So Lakers on the road, a must win here, folks. This is really a must win team. We've got to see teams shoring up there. Playoff seeding, go out and secure your spot as soon as possible so you can maybe rest for the remainder of the regular season getting right for the postseason. We know load management, everybody would love to do that, so secure your spot as soon as possible. Lakers plus three and a half, I think I'm leaning towards this, but if Brandon Ingram's playing, I think i got to stay away from it. So we're going to stay away from this one here. No Lakers, no Pelicans. I think I like the Lakers plus three and a half if Brandon Ingram is not playing, but with this news up in the air, we got to stay away from it. For the current moment, this game tips off at 7 o'clock, so we'll know more a little bit later in the day. Can't make this call right now. All right, then we get the Hornets at the Nets. Hornets at the Nets. Hornets at the Nets. Hornets plus six. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, I want to break the rule again. I want to break the rule again here, folks. Nets at home, so they you know Kyrie Irving can play now. Can Kyrie Irving play now? Oh, my God, Kyrie Irving can play now at home. It changes the entire game. Seth Curry, a game-time decision. Uh, Goran Dragic, game-time decision. And we just said, what did we say right here? Uh, we had the updated information. Seth Curry is questionable, game-time decision. And Goran Dragic is expected to play, game-time decision. So, Nets on the back-to-back. -back. Uh, Kyrie Irving can play at home. This is probably going to be a great atmosphere. The Nets haven't seen Kyrie Irving play all year long. It's probably going to go crazy in the Barclay Center here. The Hornets have been very good, and we're getting six here, and they've been trending up, and they've been trying to shore up their playoff positioning and their playoff chances and all that, so we respect that. But the back-to-back, -back, that's going to be a little bit of our cop-out here. we got to stay away from it. I do like the Hornets plus six, but this uh, first game, Kyrie Irving back at home. Uh, we got to stay away from it kind of for that reason alone. And then on the back-to-back, -back, on top of that, so unfortunate staying away from this one. And then the last game of the night, the Jazz at the Mavericks. The Jazz at the Mavericks. The Jazz at the Mavericks. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mavericks plus one. I think that's all I need to see. I love it there. Mavericks plus one. Jazz minus one for the Jazz. Bohan Bogdanovich out. Daniel House Jr. out. Hassan Whiteside game time decision for the Mavericks. We get Davis Bertans a game time decision. Trey Burke a game time decision. Tim Hardaway a game time decision here. This Jazz team, they suck on the road, folks. They absolutely suck on the road. The Mavericks, they live and die by the three. The Jazz, they like to kind of think they're a three-point shooting team, but they're really not. You really should be getting Gorn, um, Rudy Gobert down low more involved with the pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. You really should run like the two-man game there, uh, but they don't do that. And that's why they lose, and that's why they're lackluster. Um 
The Mavericks, plus one. Mm, this one's going to be the one that breaks us. I love the Suns minus four. I love the points in college. But I'm going to kind of once again double down on how bad the Jazz are, folks. And I'm taking the Mavericks plus one at home here tonight. Mavericks plus the one. Give me the point there. Uh, it doesn't make a difference. Point, money line, really the same. Uh, but we're calling the Mavericks the winners tonight, folks. So, this is what we've got. We're 7-0. We're putting our reputation, our undefeated streak on the line here by taking four, four games tonight. Two college, two NBA. This is what we've got on deck tonight, folks. We got Florida, Miami, plus 5.5. St. Peter's, plus 8.5. And, and then in the NBA, we got the Suns, minus 4, which I'm loving. And the Mavericks, plus 1, which we're betting against the Jazz again on the road. Yes, sir. So four great picks tonight, ready to go 11-0 over the last 11 picks, folks. We are ready to extend the streak, ready to extend the streak, folks. Love it. All right, and then before we get out of here, folks, a story caught my eye, and I don't love it, so let's end here on this NFL story. Let's dig into it. Let's hope that this is just a clickbait headline, and this is really what they're not doing because uh, uh, we just saw the Cowboys keep getting worse and worse and worse as this offseason progresses. We got them. We're pegging them at 3-14. and 14. But the Bills, they lost Brian Dable. I think that's going to affect them at least a little bit. It could be a lot of bit, but I would say at least a little bit here. And now they want to take away Josh Allen's legs? The best dual threat quarterback in the league? You want to take away his dual threat ability? What are we doing? I don't love this, folks. I don't love this. So now... Once again, Sean McDermott, Brian Dable. I mean, they're not the best coaches by themselves, and I think they kind of butted heads a lot there. Uh, so now Sean McDermott without Brian Dable, maybe Sean McDermott tries to take over a little bit more duties, a little bit more responsibilities offensively here, and I don't like this. Here we go, the clickbait quote. quote. Bills coach Sean McDermott looking for Josh Allen to run less in 2022, saying, quote, we want to evolve. You want to evolve, then establish a running game with the running back. But don't take away Josh Allen's running game. Don't try to put Josh Allen on a little bit of a pitch count running-wise. He's big. He's beefy. Stop worrying that he's going to get hurt. He plays it safe. He knows how to play that true fine line of when to get out of bounds, when to stay in bounds, when to slide, and how much more you can pick up. He's, he's, he's excelled at that. Stop holding Josh Allen back because you're afraid he's going to get injured. He's not. He's big. He's beefy. Take care of himself. Man, I, I hate this already, so I'm hoping these quotes kind of redeem them. But if this is truly his true sentiment, I hate it, folks. Here we go. Let's read what this man's got to say. Uh, I don't want to get into this, and I hope it's not as bad as the clickbait headline makes it seem. Here we go. First lead up to the first quote. As Josh Allen prepares for his fifth NFL season, his coach expects him to continue improving. Sean McDermott also wants his superstar to do it in a slightly different manner. That is, he wants Allen to run last. No, I don't think that's the answer, but let's see what he says. Quote, yeah, we want to evolve. We are always trying to evolve on the field, off the field, schematically. And in this case, with Josh's running or the amount of times that we run him, we have to continue e to evolve that way and making sure we're doing right by him by doing right by our team. So we are going to keep a close eye on that. But the one thing we will never take from Josh is his competitive nature and spirit. So he's going to do it when he's going to do it. All right. Okay. All right. All right. That 
Okay, okay. All right, winning us back a little bit. Not kind of going out there and be like, Josh, you're not running anymore. Hey, you know, let's not run her anymore. Just kind of, hey, get in his ear like, Josh, yeah, we don't really want you running. No, no, no. They're going to keep the same competitive spirit, competitive nature. Fantastic. Absolutely. You can never take that away from anybody or even try to hinder that or just kind of, you know, scale it down any. You cannot do that at all, really, with any high-profile athlete. Uh, so he's going to do it when he's going to do it. So still kind of allowing Josh Allen to kind of have that green light of, hey, when you see it, take it. Absolutely. And Josh Allen's so great at it, folks. That's why we don't even want this to even be a discussion because he's so great at it. If we were concerned, like I don't want Tua running the ball. Tua's not a, a dual threat quarterback at all. I don't want Tua running at all. The man's not good at it. The man takes big hits when he probably shouldn't, and that's his competitive nature. So once again, I, I can't knock it too much, but I hate seeing it. The man's slow first of all like Josh Allen's not slow the man is very quick folks the man's got that acceleration he's got that speed and he's got that big old frame to help protect him a little bit another reason why we don't want to running the men's small the men's a little bit uh, small boy out there a little bit and he, you know, he likes to kind of show his, uh, you know, his toughness by, you know, initiating contact, but he's, he's slow, he gets hit big and all that. So we don't want, you know, we don't want every quarterback running out here. It's not like, oh, we want every quarterback. No, no, no. Hey, we want Josh Allen running because he's so, he's excelled at it, folks. He's so great at it. Him and Patrick Mahomes are really the two best runners. Uh, Lamar Jackson's very good because of the speed alone. He can really do whatever he wants, but dual threat ability, dual threat quarterbacks, I rank Josh Allen one, Lamar Jackson maybe two, and then Patrick Mahomes three. I mean, really, they they have mastered it, folks. So, alrighty, alrighty. Trying to evolve. We'll evolve the running back position so you can run the ball more, so you pass the ball more, or so you pass the ball less, so Josh Allen has less opportunities to run in that regard. That I'm all for. Establish a running game with the running back so you don't have to throw the ball 50 times a game, so Josh Allen's not dropping back 50 times a game. That gives him kind of 50 opportunities to, you know, break down and run with the ball. So, yeah, if you want to evolve with the running back position, yeah, I'm all here for it. So, I think that's kind of what he's kind of leaning towards here so all right all right I'm taking a breath here all right he's winning us back a little bit hopefully he continues on with that because I think we had two more quotes here so hopefully he doesn't kind of backtrack anything but here we go next next lead up to the second quote we got two more quotes left here we go at six foot Five, 237 pounds and just still 25 years old. Allen is built to carry such a load. But at what expense? His 2021 passing numbers, while still stellar, were down across the board from the season prior while Buffalo's scoring offense and efficiency regressed. Those numbers might be why McDermott is encouraging his young signal caller to scale back how much punishment he takes moving forward. Well, let me talk about those numbers scaling back. Once again, no fans in the stands. We saw completion percentage drop down mightily. What did passing numbers drop down did passing numbers drop down that much I thought it was maybe only like 200 yards less let me quickly see I mean if you're talking about completion percentage then yes but that was inflated anyway where nobody's throwing 69 70 percent consistently anyway I mean if you're throwing a 69 percent season then you're going to go down to maybe 66 I mean you're not keeping up 69 percent so that's just natural uh that's just natural going down right there yards wise yeah he only threw 100 less yards so what are we talking about here touchdowns went down one touchdown interceptions went up so why do you want this man passing more interceptions just went up so what are we doing here yes in a completion percentage numbers dropped from 69 to 63 but once again 2020 no fans in the stands we saw everybody inflated baker mayfield had his best completion percentage this season last year that went down it's a natural progression 
So why are we focusing so much? And his, his attempts went up. That's why you get the running back. That's why the running back solves all your answers. Because he dropped back 572 times in 2020, that inflated year. And then dropped back 646 times last, last season, this year. So he threw the ball 70 more times. So what are we doing? Man, oh man. Get the running game involved more. It's not Josh Allen. Josh Allen has nothing to do with these numbers going down. It's that you threw him out there way more because you had no established running game. Get the running game established. Evolve in the running game. I don't think it's anything to do with Josh Allen. But here we go. Quote by Sean McDermott. It says, quote, I don't know if he likes to take it. I don't want to say that. That's a better question for him. But he doesn't shy away from mixing it up from time to time. Yeah, don't scale him back. I don't. Uh, why are we scaling him back? What what showed us that he scaled us back? Did you see what he did against the Chiefs in the playoffs? He was slinging it around. You scale him back. Now he's second guessing. He's not doing everything he did that in that fourth quarter, the final five minutes when it was just scoring, 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 scoring. Let this man work. He's fine. Sean, get your running game together. Damn. Final lead up to the final quote. Here we go. Um, let's, uh, let's start here. Um, Allen was at his best in the playoffs, also registering 637 passing yards, nine touchdowns, two no interceptions, and a 77% completion percentage. His play catapulted above even his elite peers at the quarterback position and surely warranted a deeper run than the AFC divisional round. The challenge ahead is one of change. As departed offense coordinator Brian Dable was replaced by Ken Dorsey, general manager Brandon Bean has also used the offense to add depth at the running back and receiver position, bolster Buffalo's offensive line, and revamp its defensive front amid the arms race that is the AFC. Exactly that. Uh, but for the Bills to have staying power, McDermott knows his quarterback must keep finding ways to get better. The lesson ahead, perhaps, less running from Allen could mean more for Buffalo? I don't think so. Last quote says, quote, I think we all have to remember Josh is only going to go... Uh, let me start. Uh, I think we all have to remember Josh is only going into year five, right? So I know Josh as well as myself and Brandon and the entire team are looking for Josh to continue to take another step. And I know Josh is committed to that. And I think that's a sign of a great leader that leads by example. So you know he's going to continue to take another step, but you want him to kind of dial it all back? So you want him to take another step while dialing everything back? I don't like that. I don't like that um, coaching style moving forward by the Bills. Just get your running game. You only lost in the playoffs because your defense couldn't cover for 13 seconds, the best defense of the league. Why are we looking at the offense as the reason why the Bills were not good last season or why they lost and didn't get to the Super Bowl or get to the AFC Championship game? It had nothing to do with the offense. The only offensive piece was the running back, and you shored that up a little bit in free agency so far not great enough but it got a little bit better so uh, oh wow okay I don't love it I don't love it already uh, I don't think you hold Josh Allen back any the man's a dual threat quarterback you can run that you can uh you know revolutionize the kind of dual threat ability quarterback position where you can kind of you know run as well or you can throw the ball as well as you run the ball where we, where we get Lamar Jackson he doesn't throw the ball as well as he runs the ball. Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't run the ball as well as he throws the ball. He's very, very good running. 
But I think Josh Allen has Patrick Mahomes beat in in the terms of dual threat ability. So I don't I don't love that. I don't love that. I get it. You don't want him to get hurt, but I don't think you can play around and worrying about your quarterbacks or just players getting hurt. Go out and do what they're best at. And if injuries do happen, that's why you need a good solid backup quarterback. That's probably why you don't let go of Mitch Trubisky. You know what I mean? So. Uh, all right, Doug McDermott. I don't know. I, Doug McDermott's never really. He's a good leader, I would say, in that regard for the head coach. But everything else, ah, the aggressiveness, that's always been a problem with Sean McDermott early in the playoffs. Uh, last season, not so much. But uh, Sean McDermott, I don't know if this is the right approach. I don't know if this is the right approach here. But we'll see how it all plays out. This is still early in the offseason. Maybe, you know, Nick's is this when he, say, when he sees Josh Allen run again. He's like, what am I talking about? When you see Josh Allen run the ball, you're like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Run the ball. Keep running the ball. They were running the ball. They had designed run plays in the playoffs, and it was looking really good. We loved – We, um, folks, I, I cannot find a flaw in Josh Allen's running game. I can't. I can't. So the fact that jo uh, Sean McDermott wants to hold him back – Ugh, I don't love it. I don't love it. Oh, let me go to this. Here we go. Josh Allen's top 10 plays. This just popped up on the same article. How many times is he running the ball here? He threw the ball, played number 10. All right. Play number 9, he throws the ball. I want to see – Play number eight. Oh, we get a play. We get one rushing play right here. Play number eight. Here we go. Third and four. Um, up 11. This was uh, in the regular season. He hurdles and then gets down immediately. Picks up the first down on third and four. Looking real good while doing so. Don't hold this man back. Don't even whisper that to him because now he's going to be second-guessing himself. Why do you want Josh Allen second-guessing himself? I don't. So one play. Running the ball of his top ten. Play number seven. We get another rushing play. What is he going to do here? He's going deep with it. Yeah, let him fling it. So I don't understand why you're holding him back. He's still great. He still can sling the ball down the field. Uh. All right, Josh Allen running the ball. Throwing on the run is fantastic, and this is why we love the running game as well. He can throw on the run beautifully, so you can use that misdirection to your advantage. Play number five against the Ravens. Bootleg. Look at this man. Avoid all the pressures. Keeping his eyes on the field. It's all fantastic to watch this man escape the pocket. It's so, it's so great. Uh, play number four, we get a passing play. Play number three, we get this man through, nah, throwing the ball last second. Man, oh, man, that's what we're – ooh, last second. Literally last second. So great. Um, all right. Play number two, running, scrambling, settling down. So, once again, it's not like Josh Allen is always looking to run with it. Another reason why we love Josh Allen running the ball. It's not like he looks to run. He looks to make the big play. So what is the problem with Josh Allen running? I truly don't understand why this is even a, a, a concern for Doug McDermott in the Bills. All right, last play. Play number one. Best play that he made all year in the playoffs. Josh Allen slinging it. Deep, deep dish pizza there. All right. It's only one play of his top ten we're running. I don't know. I think I could find more great running plays than that, but all right. We'll let you have that one, Sean, okay? All right. So, I just don't love that Sean McDermott is trying to hold Josh Allen back. He's trying to hold him back running a little bit there. I mean, that's the overall sentiment. I don't agree with that. But we'll see how it plays out. Josh Allen, run, Josh, run. Run, Josh, run. Run, Josh, run. We love Josh running. All righty. That is going to do it for us today, folks. We're going to get out of here a little bit earlier try to get everything ready. Uh, try to get everything ready for March Madness kicking off in uh, about an hour, about, uh, about an hour away from that. So March Madness, final day of the Elite Eight. We'll know the Final Four by the end of today, and uh, we'll talk about the Final Four tomorrow and all that, and uh, Final Four plays next week sometime. 
I don't know the official date yet. So, uh, but it's coming up next week. Uh, but we are gonna get out of here for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We are back live tomorrow. Yep, 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 yep. Live tomorrow, noon Eastern, where we will. Uh, we should be able to get it in, and I will try to make it top priority. We'll, we'll we will watch Malik Willis break down his stats, everything that we do for draft prospects, and we'll see if Malik Willis is a, a viable option for a quarterback this draft year this draft class. So we are out of here back live tomorrow noon Eastern. Let's make a little bit of money with all the points in the March madness. Swallow the four with the suns. Love that as well. And maybe sprinkle a little bit, a bit of money on the Mavericks. It's the jazz on the road folks. They're not good. So let's make a little bit of money. Let's go 11 of 11 over the last three, four days betting wise. So have a great one folks. We'll see you tomorrow. And, um, I will see you tomorrow folks. That's really it. Have a great one. We'll see you tomorrow. Win a little bit of money. Enjoy March madness is the last kind of full day. It's not a full day, but it's a half full kind of day. Enjoy it. It's the last one of kind of the season. So we are out of here. Enjoy March Madness today, and we will see you back here tomorrow, noon Eastern. Do not be late. We're here, noon Eastern. We're not late. You're not late. Let's have a great one. All right, folks. We'll